unfiltered. Could he have not just signed a legitimate seven-year, $49 million contract and given the Seahawks the right to match? I think which they would have done. Yeah. And then he would have come, come back and he would have played next to Walter Jones oh. and earned the seven years, $49 million here as opposed to there. But it, it never happened. Unfiltered. Boy, this has CTE written all over it, yep. doesn't it? First thing I thought of. He's young, too. To have, I mean, 33? Not even finished, uh, kind of not even finished right. playing football yet. Right. And just really, really in a bad, bad place the last several months, and who knows, maybe years, and and suicidal, and all these different things. And I just, you know, I read that article, and I, I'm not, a, like, as I said, I'm not a huge Richard Sherman fan, but my goodness. Mitch is unfiltered. So I suppose, Hotshot Scott, this is episode 154, but it's not really episode 154. Well, it is. You're releasing something. You're talking. Yes. I'm talking. We're talking. That's this, different. This part of the show <laughs> is new to everybody. No one's heard this part Correct. of the show. But really what episode 154 is, is the opportunity to take a look back to episode number one. Right. And I was wondering, I don't know if you have a guess on this. What percentage of the people that now listen to us regularly on the podcast, the Mitch Unfiltered podcast, now that we're in our third year, almost our third year, we've had 150 some odd shows. Yeah. How many, what percentage of the audience do you think has actually heard episode one? Which, by the way, hmm. to this day is by far and away the most listened to episode of any of the 150. Oh, it is. And it's not even close. You could add like four of them together and not come up with the amount of people that have listened in the amount of countries that they've listened to episode one, tons and tons of people, but it's a long time ago. Now it's three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You're big in Peru. I heard. <laughs> yeah. I'm big in Peru. <laughs> I'm big in Peru. What yeah. percentage do you think of the normal regular listeners nowadays actually went back and listened to episode one or were, was were listening when we started? What would you say? I, that's, I mean, you're telling me it's the most listened to episode yeah. by far, yeah. but I don't know. Fifty? Uh, do you have? Do you know the answer? No, no, I don't know the. You're answer. just taking a guess. I don't. I, I, I don't have a guess. I yeah. don't even have a guess. I mean, I got to be honest. I didn't make it through it. It was kind of. It was. T- it was tough for me. Well, it's very, very t- difficult. I, was, you think it was tough for you? Well, yeah. It's all yeah. about me. If you okay, don't know. Okay, so you didn't listen to the whole episode. I one. didn't. So I don't know. Maybe I think people were there and they were like, "Okay, I'm going to listen." But maybe it was tough. To, honestly, it was tough knowing you and being your friend. It was. Right. It was tough to hear you in that state for me. So maybe people just thought it was going to be kind of heavy and they they took a pass. I don't know. I'd say 50%. Well, probably. with us taking a week off before the NFL season kind of gets into preseason games and all that stuff, and we get really, really busy, I thought this being kind of four years now since my career at KJR ended, mm-hmm. I thought maybe this was a good opportunity to re-release episode one for those that never either went back and listened to it because they just haven't, or those that are intrigued by it. I don't mean to put people in a position where they have to listen to sure. it. It's a very difficult 45 or 48 minutes. Yeah. But I will say this, as difficult it, as it was for me to do that show, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget the whole scenario in and around getting that approved by my family, by my wife, by right. my kids. My kids were the first people to hear that show. My two boys That's sat and tough. listened to that show. Yeah. And then that show was sent east to Washington to my my wife's family. And I wanted everybody to be on board with that. And otherwise, I wasn't even going to do the podcast. Yeah. I wasn't going to do that show or any other show if that show didn't get approved. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That was that was part of the prerequisite of doing Mitch Unfiltered. I, I knew that you asked for permission from family members. I wanted to make sure everybody was comfortable with it and, and know what they thought about it but when I, I did I it. But I didn't know that if they would have said, I'm not comfortable with this because I, because I didn't feel that I could do a Mitch Unfiltered podcast for years to come gotcha. every week without addressing what happened at the end of my, my run at KJR. Okay, fair and enough. And what was going on in my life and what was going on underneath my skin and in my heart and my soul. And when I did that show, I had no earthly idea I guess I was naive to what kind of reaction now obviously there was a lot of positive reaction which has fueled me to try to improve as I've gone along but more than that and the reason that now I'm re-releasing it as episode 154 is somewhere I've kept them all on some computer um, drive of some sort yeah I literally got thousands 
of emails and reaction from people who said, I have felt the way you have felt over the years and your show kind of kind of helped me get through or identify a problem and talk to somebody. It's great. It was therapeutic for it was very therapeutic for me to get it off my chest, although it was very difficult and embarrassing to sure. do it. But I didn't realize what kind of reaction and acceptance I was going to get from the audience. And so I thought, hey, we're taking a week off. Why not give more people, or even people who've heard it before, more people the chance to hear the very first show, which we called I'm Sorry, yeah. where I described what happened, what happened to me at KJR, what happened to me in my life, and where I was in my life the last several years. The, the thought is that maybe it can help some more people. That's, yeah. that's all. That's all. If it's something that you don't want to hear about, it, but it's not like any other episode of Mitch Unfiltered. There's no guests. Well, the fact that Jason did four jokes at the end, I thought was really inappropriate. <laughs> That's the part that I didn't really care for. They're funny, though. No. You're right, though. That's, it's not he the was typical great. Format. By the way, he was great. He was one of the reasons and the inspirations that I did that. He I was mean, better met. than I would have been by far. You know, I'm a big clown ass. I can't take anything serious, and I get uncomfortable with emotions. And I remember looking at his face while I was doing it. I yeah. mean, it was a, it was a, a really tough, tough thing to do. <sighs> Sounded so. Tough. Let's re-release it. It's it's four years since my career ended after 22 and a half at KJR. Mm -hmm. It's been four years. Has it really? Four years? It's been four years since my career ended. And then a year later in November, we started Mitch Unfiltered. Okay. okay? So we started Mitch Unfiltered in November of 2018. In August of 2017 was when it all happened and when my career ended on the radio in Seattle. So it's four years since then. And I thought, let's re-release episode number one. Okay? I like it. Yep. Okay. Unfiltered. Say what you want, but Russell Wilson against the Chargers from the second possession to the second to last possession stunk the joint up. He held the ball way too long leading to sacks, and he missed wide open guys on third down a couple of two, three times to extend the drives. Throws he makes in his sleep. Unfiltered. So let me get this straight. I'm going to pay to see Tiger versus Phil, two guys worth over a billion dollars combined, play for nine million more, and it's not even their own money. And I dislike one of the two guys intensely. All right, I'm in. Mitch is unfiltered. You're smiling. I, I am smiling. That's a heck of an open right there. <laughs> For Hey, listen, that's the first time. This is not like I've heard that a million times. It is the first time I've ever heard it. I did it. I know. Can you believe that? You are a mixologist. You I are. think I should get out. I, I should think oh. I should get away from the mic. Get away from the mic and just become Mr. Technology. Okay, now you're gone too far. <laughs> You've gone way too far now. But I am. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that open. That's good. It's a little harsh listening back to it because the other night Russell Wilson was so darn good mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. It's funny because at the beginning. Oh, my God. In fact, I was sitting there thinking, watching the game against the Green Bay Packers, of course, and this is unfiltered, and this is the debut, the premiere edition, and we'll get to all that. I kind of I kind of I, I treat these things like we've been doing them for, for a year. I forget mm -hmm. that I have to reintroduce this and do all those things. Number one. All right. Uh, but just a quick thought on Russell Wilson the other night. I, I, was, I was busting my brain trying to remember games where – he started so poorly, and I have thoughts on that, and that's for another day, another show, on why he starts poorly, and I think the, it's a function of the running game and their, their mentality as an offense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, boy, the other night against the Packers, that first quarter, I mean, the throw to Doug Baldwin in the end zone. Doug Baldwin's standing there in the middle, wide, wide open, open. Yeah. Wide open, and he throws, he throws it 40 feet over his head, not just eight feet over his head, and then – you compare that with how good he was, Russell Wilson, at the end to pull the thing out, pull the season out. Sure. I mean, Mr. Mr. Pete. their bacon. Talk to Mr. Playoffs. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean, he they had to have that. No doubt. And so he pulled it out of the fire and they won. But anyway, this is uh this is unfiltered. This is Mitch Unfiltered. I have a little trouble with the title. You probably already have sensed that. You you, you keep I have a little trouble with the title. 
because sometimes I call it unfiltered and sometimes I call it Mitch unfiltered. The people, the powers that be mm. want it to be Mitch unfiltered mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted it to be unfiltered. But I guess there are so many podcasts. Everybody's doing a podcast. You doing a podcast? I, I am currently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. That's what we're doing right now. Yes, I'm doing a podcast. Everybody does. Pod- there are so many podcasts yes. that some of them are have unfiltered right. in the name. Right. And so the consultant says, Mitch, let's make it Mitch unfiltered. So when people look up unfiltered, search unfiltered. They're going to get a whole bunch of other right. stuff. They look up Mitch Unfiltered. They're going to get you. Right. So it needs so to be. Mitch I have to call unfiltered. it Mitch. So this is Mitch Unfiltered. How do you feel so far? How did Episode Zero go for you the other day? I thought Episode Zero was fantastic. Anybody? Anybody say anything I got to you? So many comments. So many text messages. So really? Many, oh, phone calls. Nice things. I hope. Great things. And I will tell you. Yeah. The the kind of overwhelming response, at least from what it was just like, how great is it to hear Mitch Levy's oh. voice? And I told you, listen, in the very open 30 seconds of that uh, podcast zero, yes. I said, yes, it's just good to hear your voice. Did you and I and I maybe shouldn't ask this, but I'm sensitive to it with everybody. Mm. Did you get any why are you working with Mitch Levy? Not why? One. Why did you agree to do this? I did not get. Is any. your family okay? Yes. With you agreeing to do yes. this? Yes. Well, um, well, I'm grateful to have you. I'm great. I'm more grateful to have you as a friend, but I'm grateful to have. You. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk a lot about that today, and I'm going to mention a text that you sent that you have. You probably have no memory even sending, mm. and uh, that I have memory. I remember them all, and I remember most of all the tweets from all the nice people out there sure. that have listened over the years. But I think we should, we should set the stage of what. Mitch Unfiltered is it. what it's going to be, but it's not going to be that today. And I'm going to apologize in advance to those who are expecting Seahawks, Russell Wilson, a national championship, Cougs, Huskies, Jake Browning, all that stuff and national stuff like Tiger versus Phil, like you heard in the open. I'll apologize to you straight out. The premiere is not going to be that. Right. Uh, and the premiere is the sound of the premiere is going to be different than the sound of all the rest of the shows. It just has to be that way, in my opinion. Um, let's talk a little bit about what Mitch Unfiltered is going to be. First of all, I view it as an extension of what I did for 22 and a half mm-hmm. years. That's the simplest way that I can put it. Fun, laughs at others, laughs at our own, especially yeah. my expense. Um, unfiltered analysis. The nice thing is I'm not on a radio station right now and I can, I don't have to worry about relationships with teams. I don't have to worry about play by play rights. I don't have to worry about my station wanting play by play rights and having to protect their image with the team. That doesn't mean that I will be irresponsible or we will be irresponsible with our criticisms. You are the, one of the voices of the Huskies. I always Felt like I was well-informed and I was well-researched and I didn't shoot from the hip when I was, I was careful, but not careful. Right. And so it will be unfiltered and we will include interviews like the show did. Everybody seems to like how Mitch does interviews. I always thought that was a way overrated. I think a lot of people do great interviews, but people seem to want that. So we'll do interviews Mm -hmm. as well, but we're Mm -hmm. not going to do interviews today. Mm -hmm. Right. We're not going to do interviews on this first podcast on the premiere uh, broadcast or podcast, I should say. I already made a mistake. Called it a broadcast. Um, 45 to 60 minutes, two times a week. Mm -hmm. The schedule is going to be, we're going to drop regularly scheduled Mitch Unfiltered podcasts on Mondays and on Thursdays. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Each one will be, as I say, 45 to 60 minutes, depending upon how much you got to say, how much I've got to say. Um, I do want to mention that we have to start three incredible sponsors. And you'll notice that what's different about this episode than episode zero is I got my Kleenex. Uh, They're not a sponsor though. They're not a, they're not a sponsor, but I'm, I I feel like I'm going to need this. I'm, I'm, you may know this about me. You may not. I'm a very emotional guy. Mm -hmm. I cry a lot. Mm -hmm. I cry in movies all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm a big crier. So I got this and, 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 there's a lot of things that were going to happen today that are going to draw emotions. And it starts right here with the three sponsors of the mm-hmm. show because they go way beyond sponsorships. 
Everybody knows that I love Daniel's Broiler. <laughs> Everybody knows that I love Al and Jaguar Land Rover of Bellevue and Mercedes-Benz of Seattle, Mercedes-Benz of Seattle. Everybody knows I like Zeke's Pizza, mm-hmm. amongst other things, and and all the other great in, in, or endorsements I did and sponsors that supported the show over the years. Right. These three are going to be the, st- the sponsors to start, and there will be commercials and messages on on their behalf from me throughout litter throughout each regular podcast so we'll kind of do 10 or 12 minutes and i'll do 60 seconds for one of our partners Mm -hmm. and then we'll do 10 or 12 more minutes and i'll do 60 seconds for they're not gonna be long breaks the eternal breaks that you remember that i remember yes of course i mean we're not gonna go smoke during the breaks like some of my (laughs) my colleagues um so but there's not going to be commercials today Mm -hmm. because today's going to be a little different uh, but I am so appreciative. From the moment I fell, these three and others have called and put their arms around me and said, "Whatever we can do, mm. we love you. You're a you're a you're our guy, and we want to be part of the comeback. Where whenever that happens, wherever that yeah, happens, yeah. in whatever format that happens, mm-hmm. these three have been so great to me, and I am." forever indebted to them and they will be our partners to start there Fantastic. may be others maybe some some yeah. others as yeah, we yeah. go along um what else okay and then people want to know what's the story with this bonus thing what is the bonus thing right so as we talked about in episode zero i thought because i'm not a podcast listener all i've heard is i subscribe to this podcast mm-hmm. i subscribe to that are you a podcast listener by the uh, way a little bit yeah, okay a little bit so you can talk to this better than mm-hmm. i can i always thought when people were saying i subscribe to this podcast i subscribe to that but po- that they were paying like like it's subscription to me is what you do for sports right. Illustrated. you subscribe to sports Illustrated. yeah that's not actually how that works <laughs> mitch and uh well welcome back to 28 2018 my friend yeah, welcome to welcome back yeah welcome i haven't to, been here yet yeah um, welcome to what well, yeah so i didn't realize people were just clicking a button Correct. and subscribing just meant hey i'm a listener of and i'm alerted when new podcasts come right. and yes i, I didn't know i, I, I didn't get understand. them in my feed yes. yeah i didn't know that so I just thought we were going to be charging people to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was slapped around pretty good about that idea. And that is that I guess some do, some but, do. but very, very few that you do this to allow people to hear you again, Mitch. You went away, you're back, let people hear mm-hmm. you. So the compromise was, well, why don't you do this, Mitch? Do a couple a week with Jayham, and then... When you feel it, if you have a thought or two, a short bonus here or there. Yeah, yeah. Give you an example. The other night, the Seahawks beat Green Bay. Mm -hmm. They got themselves back into the playoff race in the NFC. Everybody wants to hear from Mr. P. Mm -hmm. I think I should call him Mr. P for the time Mm -hmm. being. I told you that story before we started. Um, And I thought maybe since we're not going to do one this Thursday. Because this Thursday's Thanksgiving. Correct. So the next regularly scheduled one will be next Monday, a week from when we're dropping this. Um, I figured maybe I do a quick after the Thanksgiving night games. There's like three or four NFC playoff teams playing on Thanksgiving. Yes. Why not like on Friday, I do a bonus like Mr. P. Mm-hmm. And I update you on all of the Seahawks situation. I I follow this, as you know, closer than anybody. Detailed. Very detailed. Yes. And I give you every little nook and cranny of all the playoff teams, including the Seahawks. And we do that in a bonus. Now, what does a bonus mean? We're looking, you know, at the Masters, the CBS television guys are not allowed to call them spectators. Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to call them the crowd. The crowd's going crazy. If you say the crowd's going crazy and you're on the broadcast of the Masters, you're not on the bo- broadcast the next day. You've been removed. Ask yeah. Gary McCord. Yes. You're gone. Gone. You don't call them spectators. You don't call them the crowd, the fans. You don't call them the fans. What are they? They are patrons. They are patrons. And so we are inviting people who love the show, love the podcast, want to support the podcast, want the podcast to be around for a long mm-hmm. time. We are inviting you to become a patron of our show. And so how do you do that? Well, there's a new website called MitchUnfiltered.com. Mm-hmm. That's where all the podcasts are going to sit. And they're going to sit on iTunes. And all. when right. we get started, we're waiting to get clearance from all these places. But 
You can go and you can press a button that says become a patron. It costs a minimum of $5 a month. You can pay $5 a month. You can pay six, eight, 10, whatever your heart feels like you want to do, mm-hmm. whatever you can do. And what that means is you become a patron of the Mitch Unfiltered podcast. Yep. By, be- by becoming a patron, that will allow you to hear the bonus episodes. The regular Monday, Thursdays will be for everybody. Yes. And then the bonus ones, I might do a bonus interview. I might be needing to, to, to vent my spleen on a game or a mm-hmm. trade. And I'll just go in and do a podcast, a bonus one. And I'll say on Twitter and everywhere else, hey, guys, I got a bonus one up. Those will only be for the patrons of the show. That will make you feel special if you are a Indeed. patron of the show. Indeed. And you, so that's what we're going to do. You also said at episode zero that there might be some pizza delivery <laughs> <laughs> that might come with that. I'm just wondering, is that still, since now we're in a, a, a real episode, this is a an episode that counts. Is that on the table? You know, I once did that. Do you have any idea that I once did that? That you delivered? I made a comment about 20 years ago on my show about pizza delivery men Mm -hmm. that I regretted. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say what I said. Okay. So don't ask me. I I know you want to know. I do. What did you say? I'm not going to say it. (laughs) This was 20 years ago on the show. And I immediately regretted it. I knew, you know, you do this job long enough, you do four hours a morning, five days a week, and it's live on radio, not this, but, and you know, you're going to go over the line and you're going to regret it. Mm -hmm. And I regretted it that day. And as a, as an, I'm sorry, I agreed to deliver pizzas for a Saturday from Jet City Pizza. Did you? I did. And I did. And I went and people immediately when they heard that on the show, it was like Tuesday. Yeah. They they called Jetsy. I'm ordering. A, and I told him which one I'm going to do it. It was in yeah. the U district there. And I went around and I <laughs> had the hat on. I had the hat on. Oh, and I man. delivered pizzas for like six hours. I think oh. I'm trying to remember who was with me. Stretch might have been with me. I can't remember really? who was with me. But we just I wore the outfit. Well, that, I got pictures of me and I did it. I so, really wish. I think I'm done. Okay, you're think, done. So think, that, okay, we'll take that off the table. But the I table. really wish that you had done it in our neighborhood, Jet City, and I would have called, and I would have loved to have you come to I'm my sure. house. Yes, that would have so, been fantastic. So I'm, so I'm bringing pizzas, and people are waiting outside their doors, and they're mm. taking pictures of me bring, coming, up the, <laughs> coming up the sidewalk with a pizza. And uh, it was actually very fun. And, we, and, and all the tips went to charity, yeah. and I felt better about that. So I think... My pizza delivering days, unless this podcast fails, <laughs> you think they're done? I think they're over for, okay. now, for, for now. For now. For now. Okay. So um, that's the patron. It, it, so, so have I, I described love the patrons. It, I, uh, yeah. Yes. Click the button. Go to the website. Be a patron. Let's do this. That's right. And yeah. if you and, and by the way, if you can't or you you can't afford the five dollars a month or whatever it is, you don't want to. I understand. Yeah. There'll be Mondays and Thursdays and. This isn't about, this really isn't about the patrons. This is about me getting back out there, being creative again, mm-hmm. and giving people a chance if they, if they, uh, their hearts are open to it, right. giving me a chance to entertain them again mm-hmm. and giving you a chance to entertain sure. them again. So, um, so that's where we are. That's where we are. Okay. So today's show, have we started yet? No, we actually haven't started. We haven't started yet. The name of the show is Unfiltered. Mitch unfiltered, Mitch unfiltered. And I can't in good conscience, uh, start a string of episodes of that name without talking a little bit about what I've been going through and what's happened and where I've been for the last 15 months Mm -hmm. and actually going back way before the 15 months. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask everybody to bear with me. Um, I'm going to ask you to bear with me and participate in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just feel like certain things have to be said. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are listening right now that are probably saying, um, you don't have to do this, Mitch. Mm-hmm. But others know that others, especially those that have fallen down and had made life-altering mistakes that this is a part of the process. And I feel that way. And I also feel like, even though others may not, that I owe at least some explanation and some details. And I owe people to open up my heart a little bit 
and put my cards on the table. So I'm going to do it in the uh, in the respect of unfiltered. Mm-hmm. As I'm sure everybody knows who's listening. In August of 2017, I was arrested in a prostitution sting in Bellevue. And I'd like to share some intimate feelings verbally. I have done so on Twitter. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that just about everybody that's listening right now follows on Twitter. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've not gotten a chance to verbalize how I have felt the last 15 months. Right. And while my life and problems are complicated, just like everybody else's, mm-hmm. my message today is very simple. It's not complicated at all. And that is how deeply sorry I am. And while I'm willing to share some of the darkness and sadness in my heart over the last many years, I don't want anybody to to misunderstand that I have no excuses. I offer no excuses. I don't blame anyone else And I don't blame any situation or sadness. I made a mistake. I made mistakes. Reprehensible and selfish mistakes. And I caused a lot of pain for so many people. More people than you'll ever know. And I'd like to talk to some of those people right now, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Most importantly, the three people who loved me and supported me unconditionally. My wife and two sons. You know, Jason, I chose to do what I do for a living a long time ago. Mm. I was not married, and I certainly didn't have kids. And they had no role in the decision for me to live a public life. I'm not a movie star. I'm not a musician. I don't have international fame but I do live a public life here in the Northwest and have. They didn't choose that. And they did nothing wrong. And they sure as hell didn't deserve the betrayal and the public humiliation that my behavior caused them. And that betrayal and hurt which I have put those three people through, I wrangle with every day. And I will wrangle with forever. But I work, as I have for the last 15 months, trying to be better, trying to pick myself up and show those two boys how to get up with humility and accountability and take, take responsibility for your actions. I let my mother down. She raised me the right way. Sorry. I think that anybody who listened to the show knows about my relationship with my father. He was the most decent, and giving man I ever knew. And he would have been so disappointed to my friends, many of whom have drawn closer. I'm sorry for letting you down. And I want to talk about two other groups of people. I know I'm, I know I'm probably going too long, but no. I want to talk about two groups of people that are very important to me. Obviously, of paramount importance, the three people that I talked about at first. But there's been a lot of chatter, and there's been a lot of pointing fingers, and there's been a lot of discussion about my former employer. And my coworkers at KJR mm-hmm. and how they've handled this. I just want to say 
that I might disagree about how they handled it, and others might too. But there are certain facts that remain the same and that will always be true. Number one, for 22 and a half years, New Century Media, Barry Ackerley and his family, and then Clear Channel and iHeart, they treated me like a king and stood by me through thick and through thin. I messed up is number two. I failed. They didn't fail. I put my coworkers in awkward, sometimes impossible positions. Mm. I lost salespeople, clients. I lost them commissions. I lost their family, their family's money. They didn't cause this. No matter how they've reacted and no matter how they've behaved since, this is on me. And I have nothing but appreciation and well wishes for my former employer. I will always cherish the time that we spent together. And they stood by me through thick and thin for 22 and a half years. Mm -hmm. And that means something. So to all those guys, I do nothing. I I harbor no ill will and I do nothing but offer them good luck and best wishes. And I pull for them and I pull for the whole sports radio industry as I have on Twitter for the last 15 months. Mm -hmm. And finally, I think I should discuss the listeners who may think I owe them nothing. And some might think, yeah, you do owe me an explanation. The listeners trusted me for a long time. They would turn on 9.50 a.m. in the morning and be entertained. It was my relationship and my responsibility to provide them a small escape from traffic Mm -hmm. or something more challenging in in their lives, illnesses, deaths, what have you. And I understand that that was a privilege and a responsibility and that when I went away, I let them down mm-hmm. and I want to deeply apologize to every listener who I, who I disappointed. And I ask everybody not for your forgiveness, because that's too easy. I'm not asking for people to say, Hey, I forgive you, Mitch. Mm-hmm. What I would rather, and it's more helpful and healthy to me, What I would rather is an opportunity to earn back people's respect and trust. That's all I can ask for. Because given that, given that, I will will make good. Mm -hmm. If there are people out there who don't believe in second chances or don't want to offer that opportunity, I understand. I get it. If you've closed the book on Mitch because of what Mitch did, I get it. I understand. And I accept it. But that's what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for an opportunity to earn back everybody's trust and respect. And so I just had to start right there. Mm -hmm. Um, I know people want to know, why'd you do what you did? What was going on in your life? What was going on in your world? And I know you want to know, and we've discussed it a little bit off the mics. It's a very hard conversation for me to have with you, especially publicly. Mm -hmm. But I'm willing to share at least a little. And I think most that have either suffered in their lives from depression or know people who have probably are sitting there saying to themselves, I get it. They probably can sense what happens to somebody when they go wrong. And for me... I'll share this because, A, I feel like I owe some explanation, but really more importantly, maybe, just maybe, one person who is listening to this, Mm -hmm. who's struggling, might find something in this to help them. And I think that that would be worth it. The best thing that I could say is, for many years leading up to my arrest... I was suffering privately. The the way to put it is that what I looked in the mirror for a long time, what I saw was different 
than what people imagined I was. I was Mitch. I was the guy on the radio. I'm the guy that's being treated so well and he's doing so well. And I didn't see that guy when I looked in the mirror. I saw somebody who was inadequate as a husband. I saw somebody who didn't always handle things right like my father did with me as a father. Mm -hmm. I saw an aging broadcaster who liked less and less of my work and thought I was declining in such a way that maybe I was or maybe I wasn't, that I wasn't entertaining enough anymore and enough people weren't listening to the show and and I didn't get help. And what happens is, is when you're down on yourself and you have such low esteem and you, and you, and you think so poorly of yourself, you spiral down into a really, really, really dark and lonely place. And that's what happened to me. And there was such sadness and such embarrassment. I was so ashamed that I felt this way that I didn't have the courage to talk to somebody. I mean, I had my wife, for goodness sake, sitting next to me, lying next to me every night. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the courage to say, I'm struggling. And it was the biggest mistake I ever made. I could have talked to her. I could have talked to a professional. I could have talked to a friend. I could have talked to a coworker. I could have talked to a stranger and shared how I felt. But I didn't because I was ashamed because I was driving down the road and I'd look across the way and I'd say, everybody else has got much more. Who am I to complain about what I, look what I have. Look at what I've been given. I have my health, I think, maybe not my mental health, but I got gifts. I, I live a great life. I have a great job. This guy across the way has got a, a sick child or lost a kid or is a, this lady is a, is a widow, mm-hmm. widower. I just, I couldn't fathom that, that anybody would want to hear my struggles. How long were you feeling this way? How, how long were you, were you going through this before you eventually ended up getting arrested, obviously, but what were you, what were you thinking way back? Is this years? Years. I, I, it was just a, a slow, sad, a slow, sad decline Mm. of how I felt about myself. Um, I didn't like the way I was aging. I know that this sounds sounds so superficial, so vain, mm. but I, I I didn't like I didn't want anybody to take a picture of me. I did, I felt like I used to always be the youngest in the crowd. I was the youngest of three boys. I am the youngest of three boys. I didn't like the fact that I was growing older. That I I felt like I lost it professionally. Mm. Um, and then in April of two thousand and fourteen, people know this. I lost my hero. <laughs> and there was nothing that I enjoyed more, Jason, Than making him proud. And when I lost the ability to do that, I couldn't rebound from that. And so, again, I mourned for him the way my faith tells me to mourn. And I said to myself similar things that I said in the car, which was people lose parents and loved ones every day. And you know what they do? They toughen up and they live their life and they go back to work and they don't, they don't, they don't stew about it. They, they, they cherish their memories with them and they move on. Mm. So why should I be any different? Why should I have trouble? Why should I have more trouble? Everybody's got fathers. Everybody's got mothers. Everybody's got loved ones. And that was really difficult. It was really difficult not to have him to call. He used to listen to the show every morning. 
He took pride in what I did and his three boys. And so from, I would say from 14 to my arrest, it was a slow decline Mm. and it was a dark place, a sad place. I didn't love getting up in the morning and I want to make something clear. And I don't know that this is important, but I'm going to say it anyway. I was never suicidal. Mm -hmm. I never thought about ending my life. I just was very, very sad and just feeling like things were just going the wrong direction for me. And um, um, it ended up in, in a very, very bad situation, betraying the, the three people most important to me. And that part of this is so hard. You know, I chose my profession. I stumbled. I made the mistake. I've suffered consequences. I've suffered very big sure. consequences. I, I, and I accept that. In some ways, I feel like I deserve that. I deserve to go in the gym and, and get weird looks and whispers and faces and I, I get all that. I, I I accept that I lost my career. But what I can't accept is what they have gone through when they've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. To send my kids to school with dad's picture in the paper and on the news and have their friends know and to have my wife who stood by me to have her have to go through this. That's something that I don't know that I'll ever be able to forgive myself for, but what's happened since. And let me tell you the, 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 the benefits of finally talking about these things and talking to someone I've been in hours and hours and hours of therapy, uh, individual therapy, couples therapy, family therapy. I start to find out that maybe I'm not the world's worst or wasn't the world's worst husband or that I wasn't the world's worst parent. Maybe my show wasn't declining. And then all of a sudden, you know, people start to come out of the woodworks and they say they miss you and friends who could go the opposite direction, put their arms around you. And, and you realize, and you realize that people care and that maybe my mind was playing tricks on me. I was sick. Mm -hmm. I was mentally ill. Now I I just, I got to stop and I, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't done so earlier. It's, it's very, very important to me. And you got to help me with this. This is very important to me. I don't want any of this, any of this to sound like I am shunning my, my accountability or responsibility or failure. I am not blaming my failure on any of this. I did what I did. It's on me. It's my mistake. And it's something that I'm going to deal with and been dealing with and will deal with forever. I blame nobody. I blame no condition. I blame no depression on my failure and my arrest. Mm -hmm. What I found was after in the last 15 months, the sun started to come up again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people cared and acquaintances that I wouldn't call friends. I would I would call you kind of a a hybrid, a friend acquaintance, Mm -hmm. you know, the text that I referred to before you sent me a text out of the blue. Hey, I'm playing in a charity golf tournament and I have an extra spot. And I thought of you when somebody went and couldn't come. Mm -hmm. And that to you was a little nothing. That was to me, everything to hear an acquaintance and friend say, he'd like to be with me on the Mm -hmm. golf course. Mm -hmm. Those types of things, to read Twitter and to hear people say, we miss you and we understand and we get it. And we all have darkness and we all have sadness. It just, the sun started to rise. That's the best way I can put it. And um, slowly but surely, I thought, first I thought I wouldn't do this anymore. And then I I, I didn't know whether I had to do it or should do it. And, And then all of a sudden I started feeling better and feeling more creative and feeling like I wanted to share and feeling like I wanted to get back being funny again and being uh, unfiltered again and interviewing again and and providing some level of entertainment. If it's not on the radio, then it's in this medium. And if it's not 100,000 people in the morning, it's uh, 300 people on a podcast. I just started to feel the craving of and wondering whether this story 
my story, as personal as it is, I don't think it's very uncommon. I, my guess is, is that there are people out there listening oh, right now that have that have had problems in their relationships or their jobs or have an addiction or self-esteem issues like me or or doubting themselves and they're holding it in. They are internalizing it like I did. And I don't want to preach right. because somebody said to me when I, I've been getting lots of advice about what I should say and what I shouldn't say on a podcast and my mind is spinning around and around on who's going to think what. But what somebody said to me, uh, uh, somebody that we all know that's in this business who has been through problems, he said to me, Mitch, don't preach. Mm. Don't tell people what they should do. Tell your story and let them take from that story anything that maybe applies right. to their right. life. Right. And so I'm trying not to preach. If I was allowed to preach for a half second and you said, okay, Mitch, I'll give you, I'll give you 10 seconds to preach and then you got to stop. Mm -hmm. I would just say, if you're struggling with anything, talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Don't do what I did. Don't deal with it and, 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 and just suffer with it and be ashamed and embarrassed about it. If you drink too much, tell somebody and no one knows, tell somebody. Mm -hmm. If you're having trouble in a relationship, tell somebody. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, tell somebody. It's just the way to get to the other side yeah. and you'll feel immediately, you will feel a little bit better at the most, or at the least, you'll feel a little bit better once you get it off your chest. Even if it's somebody on the corner, tell somebody. Yeah, yeah. And get it off and start the process of managing those things. And that's what I've done. And how have you done that? I mean, how have you gone from 15 months ago to getting to the point now that you're 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 back in this medium where we're doing a podcast. I mean, there's a ton of individual work yeah. that goes into all of this. Uh, you know, you mentioned hours of therapy. I mean, yeah. what was day one like for you? Day one of 15 months? Yes. It was it was beyond painful. I mean, it was excruciating. I I, I guess the only way that I would guess because I've never had, I've never been addicted, but people who go into, um, rehab, rehab those first few days, mm -hmm. I think maybe some, there's some parallel sure. there. Um, and it's been hard. It's been hard. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm working every day, every day. I, I get up in the morning, I meditate and I say to myself, how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better father today? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my kids, this is no secret. What dad's done is no secret sure. to them. We've been completely forthright with them. We've opened up the book to them. They can ask questions. They have been able to talk to professionals if they're struggling. And that's the way each day has been. When numbers one, two, three, all right. the way to 15 months. Right. And... Slowly but surely, the desire to entertain again has come out. I mean, I can't tell you, and it sounds silly, and it sounds, it sounds surface. I can't tell you what reading people's tweets for the last 15 months, I can't tell you the strength that it's given me mm -hmm. and the medicine that it's provided. Because it's funny you get into your problem, or I did, because you feel alone with your problems. And then you get arrested and you lose your career mm -hmm. and you lose some of your friends. And what happens? It multiplies times 10. Right. Because now you're really, if you, if you thought you felt alone right. then, right. now you feel. And so to have this connection with listeners, and to have friends put their arm around me and acquaintances to draw me closer, to have all those things happen, combined with talking and going through all these hours of therapy, three different types of therapy, mm -hmm. somehow, right. somehow the light comes on a little bit. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 15 months. And uh, here we are. Here we are. Doing Mitch Unfiltered. And I can't, you know, I... I am keenly aware that for you to do this, it's not just you, but Daniels mm -hmm. and Zeke's and Al 
and the dealerships and anybody else who joins us from a from a an advertising standpoint in the future. I know that you're sticking your neck out. I get it. I, I am not oblivious to that. Mm. I know that it takes a little bit of risk to be associated. You've got a job and you've got to answer to other people in the University of Washington. And and I just want you to know that um, I can't possibly express my gratefulness that you would be willing, you and everybody would be willing to be with me mm. during this. You want to put comeback, you want to call it a comeback. It's whatever it is. You're taking a chance. You're putting your reputation on the line with me and I won't let you down is what I'm saying to you and what I'm saying to the sponsors and what I'm saying to my listeners that are willing to give me a second chance. Well, I will just tell you, thank you. I will tell you that as public as your situation has been and the risk that you just mentioned that may be associated with me doing this with you, I think pales in comparison to the fact that your story, while as painful for you and your family, is not unique in that people go through this life every single day struggling. And I think from my perspective, I'm not going to be the person who's throwing stones from a glass house. That is not who I am. That's not what I'm about. And to be associated with this and with you um, is also a privilege for me. Uh, this is where you belong. Uh, I'm excited about the opportunity to see you grow and see you get stronger and to do this podcast. And uh, I think on behalf of the people who have listened to you, because while I have been a guest on your show and a part of your show, I've also been a fan of your show. Thank you. And um, it's great to have you back. Thank you. Um, and again, for those that were tuning into the premiere episode of Mitch Unfiltered to hear something else, this was important. I think this was too important um, to turn aside. Mm -hmm. And now, um, uh, starting uh, this coming Monday, next Monday, uh, we'll get back to what I did on the radio. And we'll have some fun and we'll have some laughs. The great Rick Neuheisel, believe uh, it or not, is going to be my first guest. Uh, I am so thankful for that. I'm thankful for all the people, the guests that uh, joined me over the years uh, that are willing to join me again and be a part of this this journey. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I don't know what I'm doing. But I know I am so thrilled to be back and so appreciative of everybody that's willing to give me a second chance and listen in on a twice. If you listen in twice a week, once a week, if you become a patron mm -hmm. and you want to support the show and get the bonus shows, you go to MitchUnfiltered.com. Uh, I'm very, very excited for this journey. So thank you. And uh, let's get it started. Well, we did get it started, but... Let's let's go back to the way it was on on Monday.